Come on in. The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Leaf edition. Yeah. Here on Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6, always. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandale, and Jen Rolnick. Boys, I am really excited about today's show. Is that right? Yes. How Why? come? Uh, I slept. <laughs> uh, I've got, that must have been I've nice. I've got some energy. Good. I'm I didn't not go, there yet. I didn't go to bed. Coffee! Covering... <laughs> A West Coast game for the first time in, what, four years? Yeah. I feel good. That's great. I feel good. My, We've got all-star guests in this show we today. Do. Unbelievable guests. Uh, Mike Richter. Mike Richter will be joining us in, what, about 30 minutes. Uh, I wrote an article today in the Toronto Star, my weekly article on goaltending and basically the demise of it in terms of the importance that it once had through everybody's lineup. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, I thought he could relate to what maybe Samsonov in Toronto or Jack Campbell in Edmonton were going through. Both players waved. Yep. Now, he, prior to our year winning the Stanley Cup, got sent to the AHL and played... Uh, Maybe half a dozen games with Binghamton. Prior to you guys winning the cup. Prior. Wow. And just give us a give us a, a feel. A couple Mike. weeks in Binghamton will make anyone recommit to the craft. <laughs> <laughs> Except for this one place that had amazing chicken wings. Oh yeah, is that yes. right? Okay. The bus had to stop there prior to leaving town you the name after of it? the game. No, oh. but I'm gonna ask Mike. Yeah, he'll know. He'll, he'll remember. He'll remember. So we've got uh, we've got that. In the next hour, Craig Berube will be joining us on the national uh, uh, edition of our, our show, which yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to. Is uh, uh, We all believe he's going to be the next coach of the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. I mean. No, no. no I don't no know a thing. I don't, nobody's reporting anything. Just saying I'll it would make sense. Him. Would you, I just would, ask Would him. you say it's trending in that direction, guys? I'm, <laughs> no. We'll just ask him. <laughs> not him. saying anything. And uh, <laughs> we'll get into a few different things, including what ended up being a very hot topic in social media between our Jennifer Botterill last yes. night oh, yeah. and Jamal Mayers. And our boy Sammy Cause, who yeah. got into it, and I loved it for no other reason, is I wasn't trending last night. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it is really nice, you know, to have people openly disagree on a topic and discuss it. Not that hard. No one got hurt. It's fun to, you know, throw that, it all out there. That is pretty much the crux of what we do. But you know what? It, it wasn't for a while. Like no, a, there was a yeah, run of time right. where... Yeah, when Kipper was fired. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> that was Cherry and Kipper. I don't All right. think we heard any We'll of get into that in, in the next hour. In the meantime, we can certainly uh, dive into uh, the Leafs outlasting Anaheim 2-1 in overtime. And uh, we'll start with you, JB. For me, watching last night, didn't quite have the same feel for me that I had when they played the LA Kings. Yeah. Uh, but found a way for another two points. To me, it's like in the Olympics when the gymnastics routines of people can like only top out at a certain level. It's like uh, the degree of difficulty yes. in, this, in this routine is only, that was the Anaheim Ducks. It could never get to the Kings level because the degree of difficulty was just not the same. But I mean, 
they wiped the mat with them, Kip. I mean, it was a complete one-sided hockey game. To me, they we've talked about beating the bad teams. I know they snuck by in overtime, but they handled their business. I mean, the the numbers that I got back from uh, Sport Logic on that game, unlike anything I've seen from the Leafs in years of getting this stuff, they had the puck more than twice as much. Is you got a quick comment before we go to Sheldon on the overview? Yeah, I think if we're going to talk about Sheldon here, I think he deserves some credit for going back to Jones because I don't think he was totally tested a ton, yeah. but I thought there were a few moments in that game where he made some nice saves, and I'm I give him full, credit, that. You're full right. credit for going back. You're okay. right, Sheldon. Well, right. we'll get into Sheldon's decision after we hear his overall view of last night's game. Yeah, you get these nights sometimes, right? And you know, uh, early in the game there when they pulled that one off the goal line, you know, it, it you just kind of think, you know, <laughs> that it might be one of those nights, you know, that that, that one uh, doesn't fall for you. And that's the way it turned out. Now there are some things that I'd like to see us do a little bit better. Sometimes you face a goalie like that. He's having such a great night. You, we, I, I thought we could do more to make it make it uncomfortable for him. Um, that's what we were talking about doing. I didn't think we were able to, to, to get to him uh, off the puck with traffic and things like that nearly enough. But, uh, you know, we get that number of shots and that many of quality clean looks at the goaltender that normally with our caliber of shooters, uh, you know, those, those, those find ways to go in. But yeah, you need to find ways to win these games uh, or and certainly get points. You know, you get into the overtime and it's it's uh, a little bit of a, a, a coin toss from there, but but uh, you got to get points in these games and find a way. And you know, again, that's another game here tonight without giving up a five-on-five goal. Three straight games, no five-on-five goals against for the Leafs. So he he <laughs> basically summed up his decision: got to get the points. Yeah, you to know, go, to go to Jones again, and yeah. and. To give Sammy credit, he wanted Jones. We wanted uh, the, beast. the Beast. We didn't get that. Uh, but who who can argue with the results? Can't. And in a game that ends up being a one-goal overtime decision, uh, to Sammy's point, there were some opportunities where I thought Jones made really nice and timely saves. So, yeah, put the guy in who's stopping the puck. I guess there are times where we overthink the so, things in this job, and he got that one right. So, Keith, he spoke before the game yesterday, and he said that the reason, the overriding thing for me is we want to build some momentum as a team here, the way things have gone for us of late. So, yeah. like, it's just, you know, we want to we play the NHL goal. Yes, we need to go get points. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I thought, you know that the Leafs have, I forget how much they're up by, but they, the shutout streak thing? Yeah, 100 150 games straight without getting shut out. I think the, the next closest is well under 100. I don't know, when you've got... That's impressive. When, when oh, you got Matthews, crazy. Marner, Nylander, and Tavares, I, will they ever get shut out again? Oh, Matthews scores every game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They I, yeah. they shouldn't. But yeah, at 150 shouldn't. straight, it's crazy. The Raptors had the record forever for a three point made in oh, the really? game. They had the record for multiple seasons until it was broken. I don't know when. Don't know when, but just a I'm random sure one by this team for sure. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> anyways, what are you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say An- Anaheim didn't feel like they needed to address Gibson to. To give them themselves the best chance, that that yeah. goaltender last night, Lucas Dostal, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, record-setting night, fifty-five of fifty-seven shots, like he was, he he, he was awesome. The, the feeling I know was Sam that think he, so he was, I thought he, he was unbelievable. He was going to pitch him. He was going to pitch that shutout. Yeah, you you didn't think you thought they hit uh, him? No. Well, like <laughs> he was I, I thought he was times. really good. He was he was good. I thought he had a pretty quick chest. Last night, <laughs> I thought they beat the puck into his pads a lot, hit him in the center of the, like, 
ton of clean looks for him. They weren't in front of the net a ton. Like the one they finally score on, Tavares is in his jersey, yeah. bangs in it on. Like he was good. He was, made the most saves in the history of the Anaheim Ducks franchise. He was very good. But I don't think it was like otherworldly. I thought he was awesome. Like I thought the the Matthews one, the quick cutter where he catches him off the shoulder and he keeps it out. Like I just thought he read plays really well. And sometimes, you know, great goaltending looks simple. I, I thought he was very good. Okay. That's a hell of a zag but, by me. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that I didn't like last night out of okay. the Toronto Maple Leafs mm. is it had less of a feel for me from an overall game from the one that we saw in L.A. I was hoping that that was going to kind of transition. I saw a little bit more out of the old Toronto Maple Leafs with Sheldon where I'm just going to run my dogs, my big dogs, mm-hmm. in, until I secure my two points. And it would have been nicer for me to see a night where you're playing one of the worst teams in the league. Mm-hmm where you do not have to run Austin Matthews 25 minutes. Yeah, Marner played 25 minutes too. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a legitimate complaint. Um, you know, watching... You know, I want to bring up something with you that I think is fairly interesting. Uh, Anthony Petrilli, guy we referenced once in a while here, made the, a comment about Mitch Marner this year and how, you know, the NHL edge data um, tracks speed bursts, like ho- however many times per game you get over 20 miles per hour. You know, this season, his amount of speed burst, he used to be in like the 77th percentile, 80th percentile last year. And this year, he's below the 50th percentile in that. And it feels to me sometimes like he knows he's going to play 25 minutes and that he does have to kind of budget the gas in the tank rather than there's just hasn't been as many games where you see him take it to the opposition. And I don't know if it's related to ice time yeah. or not, but it, it feels... How, how can it not? Right. How can it not? I'm sure he's talking about... Like, and it's just, for me, sometimes it's just not about the actual numbers of minutes. Because when it's all said and done, the star players are going to kind of look like the minutes are all the same. Mm -hmm. But there's little smaller factors for me, and that is the stress level of those minutes. Mm -hmm. And last night, Matthews Marner, it wasn't a... uh, a cruise control type of game. Pouring it on, trying to get the next one, yeah. Matthew's arms are going to fall off. What what do we say, over 20 shot attempts? 20 shot attempts. I think 13 hit. 13 shots on net. easy minutes. They're stressful minutes for your star players against one of the worst teams in the league. That stuff catches up to you in March and April. And to give you some sort of kind of context into – minutes and hard minutes and and all of that i just i went back to the edmonton oiler game where they just beat uh philadelphia flyers 5-2 i have that up in front okay of me too. and i'm going like we talked about yesterday connor mcdavid what a night yeah five points five four assists. points yeah. and i'm looking and it's like how many shots on goal did he have two two how many minutes did he play? 16 and a half. Boys, that's cruise control. Leafs, Matthews and Marners, how many nights have they had cruise control? Not last night. 
By the way, in the last few games, McDavid played 25 against the Kings the night before. He played 16 against the Sharks because they won 5-0. So there's another night where it's like, you can justify the 25-minute games if you offset them with some nights where it's lighter. So just to add a little bit more, again last night, 57 shots on goal. How many from a percentage came from Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and Tavares? You go first. Of uh, 57, you had him with 13, so probably, it's probably close to 45%. Yeah, I'm going to say 60. <laughs> 62. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Edmonton, 5-2 win over the Flyers. Go to their top guys, and I'll add Dreisaitl, McDavid, Hyman, and Kane. What was their percentage of shots on goal? Much less. Yeah. Half. Yeah. 30. I mean, it's it's good. You're getting your points, but at what cost? Again, and this is our earlier conversation that we've had much earlier in, mm-hmm. in this season is I got a little bit of Team A won the game last night. Yeah. Team B kind of watched. Max Domi's been pretty good. How many minutes did he play last night? Love to know. Under 10. Nine. Mm-hmm. Nine, guys. You know, but the other hand, you you know, you're on the panel the other night talking about how, <clears throat> you know, you need to play Jones the other night. Paul Samsonov put in Jones because you need these two points. Those two points are relevant. I see. But your that's point. in a battle. That's that's. You're in a game with yeah. Anaheim last night. No, you're either down a goal, like but, you but can't be like, let's just get him ice time and rest this guy. You need but, those but points. It, 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 it's also the, the the factor that your other guy isn't good enough. Okay, Max is good enough mm-hmm. to play more than nine minutes. No doubt about that. That's the difference, JB, for me. Yeah, it's that it's I'm, I'm, we're, we're talking about guys that are are capable in the moment. You need to have more confidence in your total lineup to go win four rounds in mm-hmm. the playoffs and beating the crap out of four of your top players for twenty five minutes every the night. Second half of back to back. Against one of the worst teams in the league. And again, too many. We're, we're talking about now stressful games. How many overtimes, boys? 15. Lead the league? Fifth. Last night was there 15? 15th, mostly. Lead the NHL. league. Yep. How many games did they play? 36? 35. Jeez. That puts stress, major stress, on your star players. It is interesting, Kip. You know, like, like Matthews. Last night, unbelievable. You know, like he was all over the map. He had the puck the whole night. You're right. It would have been a taxing night on a back-to-back for, for a guy like him. You know, I am I am curious if just the years of, of this ice time on Marner is or what it is, but it doesn't seem to be the same. He was good last night. I thought Marner was good last night. But just generally this year, he doesn't seem to have that same, you know, like uh, what's the Willie Nylander stat? He's only four games with zero points this mm-hmm. year. Marner's at like 14 or something like that. Like there's just more nights where maybe it is too yeah. much and maybe dialing it back a little, you get more out of the guys. Hell of a pass though on the overtime. Dude, we pause that clip. Matthews is facing him screening the goalie when he passes it. Like to know that Matthews is to be able to read and open it up and put it in the place he's going to be to hit it. It's an unbelievable pass that maybe two or three other guys in the league even attempt. The, the two best. Mar- Marner's the best. And then... Willie, but Willie's shooting a lot more now, right? Yeah. Now he wants the doll. <laughs> just... 
But Through the dollars, baby. But some reports on that, by the way. Oh, yeah. Like, who wants the well, dollars? It, 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 Sixth in the it, NHL, it would, help, hell, 58 it, it shots. would help if there was one or two other guys that could make that pass. Yeah. Tavares can't make that pass, boys. Do you know that Nylander and Matthews are one shot apart on the season? Right. For total shots? No, you're right. They can't. They can't. And sometimes when you when they do struggle to score goals, it, it would help if a few of them would look off and, and draw and, yeah, and Willie, find the open yeah. guy. Willie will do it a bit. Uh, Willie, I, Willie's yeah, he's a willing passer. He's, the, he's a willing passer. Yeah. There Tavares, is, they're, they're straight line guys. They, they, yeah. they, Tavares sometimes gets the tunnel vision going, boys, and he can take a wrist shot from 40 feet out. <laughs> he, he does that a lot. It's true. I hate that shot. I, I hate it, or too. He, he takes there like was some of that step. against Anaheim, to your point. There was some of that last night where a guy be, you know, unscreened top of the circle wrister, and it was yeah. like, why are we doing that? Well, but the, one of the signature moves of Tavares is like him coming in over the, the blue line little bit of a toe drag and like firing it either hitting the glass or hitting the goalie in the chest yeah. like he does it he does it i'd say yeah, once they, a game they, but that's just, partially why you can't separate bertuzzi marner because they're the couple guys who make the take, little passes the, passing the puck or you have to keep just, separate. if they just can work on passing the puck a little bit more and having a, a few of those different looks yeah so i think it can go a long way you know you talk about domi getting under 10 last night how much of that is him playing with holmberg Versus playing with Roberts. I know Robertson hasn't been really good, obviously, for the last little bit. But I just felt like that line was so much less of a threat without Robertson in terms of just offense. Like, it was a different-looking line totally. And I don't, I don't even, I'm not even on the Robertson corner. But I just thought that there was no chances with Domi on the ice with those guys. Yeah, Robertson's high event, right? Yeah. Like, it might go your way, it might go their way, but it's going to go some way. Holmberg, nothing Holmberg's happened. Opposite. Nothing it's happened. Just... In the back half of the season, going into the playoffs, you just don't envision Max and, and Robertson playing an integral part on the third line together. They just, yeah. I, I think they just need to feel like they're heavier there. They're bigger, right. they're stronger. Well, we, we had, and that's uh, not Robertson for Max. Rough talking about Vancouver yesterday, and their third line right now is that Dakota Joshua, who's a big, strong guy, and Bluger, who's, you know, been through a lot in the NHL. And then I forget who Connor Garland. Is. Connor Garland, who's a scrappy competitive. Yes. He's small, Annoying. but he's yeah. competitive. Even LA. And by the way, I mean, you're, you, I know you said that they were awful last night and the Leafs and dominated I, them. Yeah. But they still look better to me than LA did two nights really? ago. Oh, yeah. No yeah. LA had no juice. I thought Anaheim was awful. Awful. I didn't yeah. see anything out of them. But I mean, so your point about LA, they've had a couple of quiet <laughs> showings from <laughs> the California. They were five minutes away from stealing that thing. I know. I know. It's crazy. But, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, I think overall there's, yeah, there's, there's some work to do on the, the bottom yeah. well, six. The, you know, when you have Holmberg and McMahon and Camp and just a certain number of guys whose yeah. job it is to break even, it's tough to I, get it, much. It's funny how McMahon crushed a guy last night. We so that quickly before we get to that, it's funny how much the, the needs of this team in my eyes change from night to night. Where it's like, oh my God, they need a D man. Oh my God, they need a goalie. After watching last night, I'm like, holy crap, they need a couple bottom six wingers. Like yeah. it's like it just feels like what they need changes yeah. on a night to night basis. Martin Jones, by the way, among NHL goalies to have ten games, and he has ten exactly. Yeah. He's second in the NHL in save percentage. It's a nine thirty. How yeah. about the how about the back to back? Two wins, fifty eight saves on fifty nine shots, one goal against, oh four nine goals against, nine eighty three save percentage and a shutout. Like, what a godsend this guy's been for them. Oh, they, they were screwed the the without was, him. Yeah. Screwed. Before we get into the Bobby McMahon hit, uh, just one other thing, too, is 
I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I, I just don't like the power play. <laughs> I don't. No. Yeah, it just I still is underwhelming for me for the amount of talent that they have mm-hmm. it just in the looks, last month i think it's under 15 percent. it pretty... looks too slow for me mm-hmm. it looks like everybody's just standing in in one spot and i you know their Tavar- second unit is really good Tavares got uh, uh got the goal that yep. ignited them last night mm-hmm. but outside of that it's they gave up the shorthanded goal it just doesn't seem to be a dynamic tool for them right now they could they could use a little you know part of the second unit becomes the first unit part of the first unit becomes yeah. the second unit I, thing. I think in january you could yeah. try you know may, hey maybe max gets a couple of minutes when, maybe yeah. robertson is in a shooting spot for a sec when game when the playoffs start i want it to be it's humming and i want it to be yeah. like this but right now it feels like you can just kind of freshen it up a little bit to, to me that's where that's one spot that sheldon has not shown me that he's he's going to do that like, there was a couple of times last night, they, they went 45, 50 seconds. Pull them off. You got to face off. Yeah. Get Max Domi out there. And think of big picture. Don't just think about just the two points. There has to be some sort of, boys, what am I building here? You like that's the hard playoffs, for a coach, it's a given. Though. I told you this Super a long time. When you're in the I, I, battle. I told you this a long time ago. You're you're in the playoffs. You're you're, you're not missing the playoffs. <sighs> you okay. get to take that for granted. Keefe does. I think the if we could boil down Sheldon Keefe's coaching as a Toronto Maple Leaf, as a Toronto Marley, the way he is is he, you can understand his decisions if you try to understand he's trying to win tonight, right? Like none of it has been. No, he's not. Big he's not Johnny Big Accountability is yeah. he, he is trying to win. He will the grind game them to down. win every point and. Maybe you think that's a problem. Some other people might not. The team may have to reassess, depending on what they have left. Go back. Listen. It's, it's, it's going to be history proving itself over again here. It, it's been kind of sh- shown at times in the past. What's wrong with him? Oh, he's brutal. Like, you know, our, the star players didn't show up again. Well, maybe the needle's on E. <laughs> you know, I think it is a valid concern to raise. With this team. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Bobby McMahon, five-minute major. Okay. It, it, by the don't way, Mintikoff's like, face hadn't hit the boards before Sammy tweeted, love it. Don't, <laughs> don't <laughs> like it. You guys love it. Don't so, like yeah. ripping on the officials here. But Never do when it. you have two minutes to go to your little monitor and watch it two or three times, I have no idea how you can come to a five-minute major conclusion. Well, I can because it's a big, loud and – and I think it's, it was an, a terrible call. Like, the fact that they decided that that was a five-minute major and kick him out is absurd. But the re, they sit there, boys, for I don't know how long, two or three minutes, and convince themselves because of the result, because of the big, loud noise, the guy's cut, he's off the ice. They convince themselves it's a major. Mm-hmm. And it's just not. And that's a problem with the review where these two, you know, three blind mice can sit there and try to figure out what they're doing. It's just – the review takes way too long, and them trying to figure it out, it's stupid. Yeah. I'll, it was a bang-bang play. It was a bang-bang play. I'll say that I agree that, like, technically by the rule book, it's like he gets us some shoulder. The guy knows he's about to be hit. You know, I get that. The guy is going to be in a precarious situation. He's shooting the puck, and he's not really going to be able to protect himself. He's in kind of a tough area. I don't love the hits, a little greasy for me. 
I don't think it's a five in a game by any stretch. I think it is a little more gray than I think you guys think it is, but I, I do think that with the replay thing, it needs to be... We're going to give you two looks at this again at real speed yes. and make up your mind, then we're going back to the game. I can have all here two minutes for boarding. Fine. Yeah. No problem. But to kick him out for that, it's crazy. Oh, that, that call in game three or game four... Oh, my God. ...is yeah. front page, yeah. number one trending thing. Yeah, and also... I think but that, what's he supposed to do there? Well, I think he has to make the decision of, can I hit this guy who's a bit defenseless because the person made themselves defenseless? But he's coming in full speed, and when he's about to engage, they're shoulder to shoulder. He has the puck on his stick. Yeah. Well, in that, he knows he's dumping the puck in, right? The guy's rushing to that's the red ho- line. That's he's hockey, going, baby. Sure You're allowed to finish a check. And Minchikov should do a better job. He just turns to, his back right into him yeah for sure but i do think that he he's aware that he's going to be hitting a guy that's in a kind of a weird spot as it happens all right so. let's get sheldon keith's uh thoughts on kipper's clipper he, he's found another level uh, oh, no. in, uh clip three. three no three. no thoughts i mean obviously there's no intent there i mean bob was just finishing his check i think it's a it's a quick play where the, the their guy's dumping the puck in and kind of turns at the same time and, and makes it a little bit harder for him but uh you know regardless of it, we need bobby to keep playing hard and doing his job there and i think he's he's been really good for us i, I think that i can say it's a bit greasy hit and sheldon should like that yes. he's doing that bobby mcmahon should be pleased that he landed a big check in the coach notice like it's good in the end for them but yeah still i i just hope that you know you're a four-flying guy you're a call up you're what hope it doesn't deter him that's that's what, what i, I mean. would be that, yeah, yeah that, that, that I would worry they me. went to him after the game we're like hey do it again we, we enjoy that okay just because it's like you know you put your team in the power play for a uh, penalty kill for five minutes you don't want it to be like oh better next time he's in that position it's like oh i don't want that to happen again yeah. that's why i hate the call so much there's no hit league yeah you're not allowed to hit guys Torts over here. It is, and I don't like torts, and I hate to give him credit, but he's, <laughs> he's right. It's no hitters. Like you're, It's such a flashbang moment that everyone's like, you have to make a call. Anyways. All right, uh, why don't we go to break, because yep. I want to max out uh, our next guest after the break, Mike Richter, uh, former teammate of mine, former New York Ranger goalie, Stanley Cup champion. He's going to give us uh, uh, his thoughts on the state of NHL goaltending and what guys like Samsonov and Campbell can do to save their careers. Mike Richter, after the break, you're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born. Welcome back in. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. So Mike Richter says to me yesterday, just send me a text, uh, you know, in the morning to remind me come on the show and okay. i did okay and he says uh okay thanks now i can start drinking <laughs> <laughs> just to give you some idea of his sense Doug of humor McLean, uh plan for the show do people need to drink to come on our show <laughs> i hope not <laughs> i don't anymore good. which is good, good. Yeah. you are yeah. our example but uh real interested talking about the state of goaltending today and where it is, if uh, if anyone's interested, I wrote an article today in the Toronto Star on it, and how it just doesn't seem like it Fun. once was uh, in in the game today. All I can tell you is that I am uh, the father of a seven year old who plays hockey, and when the gear comes around, like who wants to play goal next week, I get, every single parent has got their kids' arms pinned to the side, like you do not want to do this, you know, like it's 
not a position that these I, days people are jumping to play. Did you? I watched the World Juniors closely, and uh, forget the goalie Rousseau for Canada. Yeah, so, yeah. And you know, you saw how it ends. Yeah, Goal puck goes in off another defender, and they they flash to Rousseau's parents in the crowd. Oh, hey, they're just. <laughs> Like, and yeah, it's not his fault that I'm goal not even at all. Close to you know, his but fault, it's, but it's yeah. like you're the last line of. I don't know why you would ever. You we're taught. We're saying his name on I've national gone, TV. I've gone in that a few times, and it's just like, why would anyone choose to do this? It's insane. <laughs> it is. It's an insane thing to do. But at least it pays less. These days. <laughs> in the article to do, uh, today, I also talked about just how every rule was just. For more, <laughs> more scoring, yeah. more chances, more. And as you had stated to me, the uh, save percentage has been at a steady decline. Yeah, for like seven or eight straight years. It's it's plummeting. I also wrote an article yesterday for Sportsnet.ca with Andrew Brewer, who uh, drew up face-off plays for the Leafs for some four or five years. Um, and we talked about the potential, like in, in rules tweaks, about pre-face-off movement. If you allowed it like the NFL, where guys could, you could have a couple of guys in the backfield starting with motion, how all these rules, how fun it would be and what could happen and whatever. Every rule we make now is about how do we kill the defense? How do we handcuff the defense? How do we make this harder for the goalies? It's a tough job. And God, they're so good now. Like guys you've never heard of, like Lucas Dostal. And by the way, we should say we've heard of them. The Ducks will tweet about us very upset. He's not a no-namer, guys. He's not a no-namer. But yeah, you know, goalies are so good, but they're all kind of the same. I I didn't, I I don't know his actual size. To me, he's not a big goaltender. And it just seems like everything's skewed towards now 6'4", 6'5", 6'6". And he didn't. I think he might be six feet at at the most, maybe. He is he says six, six one. Two. Oh, he's six is two. Is our next guest six six? Our next guy uh was not six two, six four, uh, but often talked like he was. <laughs> Ricky, first of all, how many Jägermeisters have you needed to come on our show today? About 14. <laughs> Actually, 19, your number. Oh, very nice. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if you got, if you knew this, but I kind of wrote an article on your uh, position, goaltending, oh. and, and where it is today in the NHL and where it's kind of headed. It just seemed like there were so many star goaltenders in the back that teams just could never envision not having and now it's it's been skewed to just get a guy in there who can make the saves he's supposed to and will do the rest. But the other thing in the article was the fact that uh, we've got Samsonov and Jack Campbell, goaltenders, proven goaltenders at the NHL level now trying to find their craft in the minors. And you had an experience like that prior to us winning the Stanley Cup. Can you talk about it a little bit? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show, guys. This is awesome. I want to read that article, Kipper. I haven't seen it yet, so my apologies. But, I mean, you never came back into the defensive zone, so I don't know why you're never playing. You're a specialist. <laughs> but, no, honestly, uh, it, it's it's wild to watch the whole NHL right now. The quality of play is great, and I think um, the position of goaltender has changed a lot. I heard you guys speaking about, you know, the, the size of the goaltenders themselves. But these – for the most part, kids are all mobile, really mobile. So when you get that, you know, a small goalie, 6'1", 6'2", even, 
and they can move the way they are, um, it's it's pretty difficult to to score on them. I think what's hard um, for these guys is the techniques. If you look at a Morty Boudour, um, Dominic Hasek, Patrick Waugh, they all had their own style. You know, look, you're always going to be centered on the puck. You're going to be balanced. But it's between your ears, which really makes those guys great. And uh, I, I think that's one of the most difficult things to figure out. You really got to know the person to know what kind of compete he has, uh, what kind of focus they have, how they handle adversity and all of that. I am curious, though. Um, a lot of these goalies are so good technically that I wonder if they've gotten by on that um, mm-hmm. a lot of their career. And, and, and then, look, you're going to be challenged in that league. Th- there is no room for mediocrity. Um, so you're going to start seeing cracks in the armor if there are any. But as far as Samson, also, I mean, we spoke about this the other day, you and I. Um, I think it can be a really great thing for a goaltender to go down and, and, and kind of refine his form. You see it with pitchers and whatnot. And I think the NHL has been so much better. You know, when we came into the league, it was kind of like there was minors and there was pros. And now it's a, it's more of a developmental league. And if you can use that to get people back on track after injuries or through a skid, um, you know, that, that, that dude can play the game. And I, I don't know what's going on between his ears. I don't know whether his technique is, is off or what it is. Obviously, he's, he's not playing um, where he wants to be. But, you know, I think that's something where if you roll up your sleeves, and we had spoken about this, Henrik Lundqvist, how great is he? He would take a couple games and just say, I, I need to practice. My technique's getting a little stale. And you can do that. That, that, that can happen when you're in the playoffs, when you're just playing games and it's at the end of the season and you're doing nothing but resting between games and then playing games. It's a great rhythm to be in. But you start getting smoked here and there. You don't have a lot of wiggle room to, to improve your technique. And sometimes you just need that. You need that space. And, um, you know, I'll stop talking for a second, but something that's important is having two goalies that are great mm-hmm. because – if somebody goes down with an injury, obviously you need those points. But you see what's happening in New York right now. If, you know, Shostakovich is coming back from an injury, or he wants to get fresh on his technique. You're not giving up points by playing the other guy. And as much as that looks like a goaltending controversy from a distance, it's a luxury. It's a really good thing. That's a damn long season, and every game matters right now. You know, I'm curious to get your thoughts on the. On starting goaltenders, playing like 50 games a year at most, I looked through your resume. I think you played more than 65 or six times. One year you played 72 games, you know, and today we're trying to figure out why save percentage is down seven straight seasons. And it seems to be that maybe starting goalies just aren't in the net as much. Like, what are your thoughts on these guys that, you know, topping out in the kind of the low 50s? Um, great, great question. Um, because they are big, they are mobile, they have great technique. And I don't know whether it's been such a reliance on on the physical. And you look at those goalies in the 70s, you know, someone come in and Reggie, I used to grew up in Philadelphia, watch Reggie Leach come down and rip one off the crossbar and like, whoa, 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 that's a lifter. And I'm not disparaging these guys because mentally they were tough. That that equipment. Um, it hurt. You know, you asked John Davidson, God, you know, even when I was a kid, you just had little, I don't know, sponge and stuff like that. So on the collarbones and the elbows and whatnot, you had to pay attention and it, and it, it physically could really hurt and, and be even dangerous. You have more equipment now. It's so kind of physically based, the technique, that I, I just wonder whether the great goalies that are still there and the ones that 
obviously have combined that technique, but the, the, the muscle between the ears is so strong. You know, um, Marty Bredor, bad game today? Fine. I'll go out and pitch a shutout tomorrow. Um, think of the consistency of, of Lincoln. We had the luxury of watching in New York. Um, Patrick Waugh, great big game goalie. Um, you have to have that. And I wonder if as a kid, they're learning so much technique. You know, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know. I tend to look at these guys and say they're pretty, pretty good. I, I hear what you're saying. You know, where are the dominant goalies? And I don't know. But I would imagine the floors come up. Who's a crappy goalie in that league? Right. You know, and I don't think there's any. Uh, a couple deep, too, in the organization, I'd say. So I, I think, you know, the the quality from top to bottom is tremendous. Um, the top guys are ridiculous. The saves some of these guys are making is are really impressive. And, you know, I'm in New York right now, and you look at Bedard coming in. This kid, have you seen him shoot a puck? <laughs> I, I didn't think he was going to be that good that quick. And, um, you know, maybe one of the reasons that the save percentage is a little lower is these guys are so skilled. You know, the Michigan was a big thing when the kid from Michigan did it. Now it seems like every third week someone's ripping that thing in a different way. At full speed, they're picking the damn puck up. The quality of skill sets on a given player in juniors right now is through the damn roof. And so these guys, if you have a hole in your, uh, you know, in your game, they'll find it. I, I used to love watching the playoffs because all year long, you'd have those 80 games and all the practices and the guys' shots would be more accurate. The goalies would be making better saves that they probably weren't making in training camp. Now it seems like that starts in training camp. The guys are picking those corners off the, the bars. You know, that great highlight of Connor McDavid doing a 360, picking up the puck, and then banking the thing under the blocker, over the uh, pad, and off the damn post after doing a 360 at full speed. I don't know, man. There was, there's not been that many players in the world that can do what these 700 players can do. So, you know, I give a little bit of uh, leeway on the goaltending right now because these guys are shooting the puck so well. We're talking to Mike Richter, former NHL great. Tall, tall. Very not, tall. And, and and my ride, my practice ride to ride Playland. <laughs> Is that right? He he would let me he would let me uh, change the radio dial. No, Brian Leach almost kicked me out of out of his car when I touched it. That's nice. Is that why you're still friends with Richter? We can't get Leach on. <laughs> yeah, we can't get Leach on. <laughs> hey, Ricky. Part of my part of my article I wrote that you went down to the minors after playing over a hundred NHL games. That's a big difference than a guy playing a couple and then getting sent down here. Would Samsonov and and Campbell be going through that that stress of embarrassment? Did you feel? embarrassed, humiliated that you were a proven NHL guy with all these games and now you got to go to Binghamton? Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, you, you, look, every game I went into, you go in trying to have a shutout, you go in trying to win it, um, you want that consistency, you have no lack of desire. Um, but, you know, there are people on the other side of the puck that are wanting the same thing and it's a competitive place. So when you especially as a young guy, um, start losing or getting out of the rhythm. It's just too valuable. It's too important to say, you know, it's, it's, you know, February, he'll come out of it. Well, what if he doesn't, you can't give up a couple of weeks, to get the guy on sh in shape. So, you know, going down there and play, I think I've played five games in 
whatever in a, in a week or something like that, eight days, whatever it was. It was incredibly helpful. There's great players down there. Um, I'm fortunate there was a great team when I went to bingo. Um, they helped, you know, but you get a little bit of confidence. But you just scrape everything off and focus on your game. That's what you need to do. And I love practicing. I, you know, I worked hard at it. But where you get your rhythm is the games ultimately. You can feel great in practice, but you've got to get into that game shape. And the only way of getting into the game shape ultimately is by playing games. And if you're not up to par or your team's giving up enough chances where it's going to cost you a lot uh, and there's not that flexibility within you know your own lineup, maybe it's a good thing to do. Um, but it's such a delicate thing. You hear people talking all the time about getting confidence and goal scorers when they're going, they have confidence. They get that puck, they're saying, calling for it, give it to me. Um, they'll shoot everything. When you're not, you're second guessing, you have that little hesitation. Whether you're a forward or goalie, that is, that's a death sentence there. So you you have to be truly confident in what you're doing and have no hesitation. You know, you read the play, stick with your read, you got to move. Uh, if it's two on one, for example, if you start saying, well, actually he might get the pass, go to it. You're done. That hesitation, the game moves too quickly. So I, I look, the only way to get out of these things is by working your backside off to get out of them. And, and if that means going to the minors to do it, awesome, do it. And, so, you know, take it. Ricky, um, it's funny you say that because uh, the paperwork says that Samsonov's been assigned to the Toronto Marlies, but they have no plans for him to play any games as of today. Could you have done what you did in Binghamton without those games and then go back and get reset? Or are they making a mistake not playing him in a couple of games? It's hard to not have the context to be able to answer that one kind of accurately. Um, You know, sometimes players, and I was pretty intense, you get in your own way, right? So I'd want to win four games in the first period, you know? And if it doesn't go your way, that effort and that desire can start to derail you a little bit. And I know Hank, when he first came to New York, was very much the same way. Super competitive. If you lose a game, then you try a little harder. And maybe you are second-guessing yourself because you, you're trying that much more. So, you know, the intent is there. The desire is there. But the rhythm might not be. And so sometimes it's okay to just take a day off or get the hell away from it. Um, so I, I don't know the particular situation. Um, anytime you have an injury, you know, there's two aspects of that. You have to through the injury, but then you have to get strong again and get your timing again. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, you know, what, what precipitated the Samsonov's problems, but if, if it's not going and, you know, I, I wouldn't classify Toronto as the most defensive team in the world. So sometimes, you know, you can be left in a position where you better play really well, even though they're putting four goals in, you're going to have to make some really big saves. So if your game's not up to par, it'll be exposed. And, um, so I, I don't know. There might be a little bit of a rest and just feel like you're going out there a full bore. I, I don't have an answer for that. But I, I think goaltending is such an experienced position that you should be able to write that ship. I mean, he's got a lot of experience. The guy can play the game. Um, he seems like a real competitor. I, you've seen him play tremendous hockey. So I wouldn't give up on him. Um, by the way, Mike Richter's AHL stats when he went down, I think he was scored on, I don't know, like once a game at most. 964 save percentage. The chicken wings must have been pretty good in Binghamton is my understanding. <laughs> it was a pretty good team in front of me, I will say. But it, it helped, right? I mean, yeah. you kind of wash all the BS off and you're just out there playing your game. You know how to prepare. You know, at that point, I, I had a really 
pretty good technique. And I just said, look, I'm, I know what I'm doing. Get down there and do it. There's nothing to talk about. You just have to perform. And I think sometimes when you get rid of a lot of the, the circus that, that, that can come with uh, struggles, it, it's, it's a really good thing. Does the big market make a big difference? Like I'm thinking about, you know, you're playing for the New York Rangers. These guys are undergoing these, you know, confidence battles, Samsonov in particular, in Toronto, you know, or under the watch of Toronto's media. Would that be something that is an additional challenge for a goalie? No question. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. Look, when, when you're winning, you want to be in the biggest market. When you're losing, you know, a backward looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think you'll be scrutinized there like no other place on earth, really. And so uh, New York had a big media presence, clearly, but Toronto's Toronto. You know, that's kind of the hotbed of the whole damn thing. And uh, people know the game, and they it's sport watching that sport uh, in a big way and criticizing and, and second-guessing. So, yeah, you 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 will have to have all, all pistons firing um, if you're going to make it there for sure. And so I think a, a struggle, you know, you might start getting through it, but the paper's lagging and saying, well, you know, you're still having a hard time. And that starts to eat at you. Um, so I, I don't think that's that's a benefit to him right now. But like uh, Kevin Lowe said when he came to New York, you know, we hadn't won in 54 years. And he was like, man, think of the upside. So there's always that amazing upside in a place like New York or Toronto in particular. There's been so many rules, Ricky, in the last 20 years to to open up the offense. Was, was the trapezoid absolutely needed by the NHL to strip guys away from handling the puck? Or was that just uh, overkill? I don't know. I, I think the goalies are so good at that now. They're scoring goals. They're moving the biscuit. You know, people come, you want to see goals, but you really want to see scoring chances. Because if you're getting these games where players are being mugged and they can't get in front, you know, Brian Leach always used to say that, you know, the problem kind of remains that if if an average player can neutralize a great player by holding and hooking and slowing them down, that's not good for the game. I want to see skill. I want to see Connor Bedard go down. I want to see a great save by, you know, Shesterkin, whoever. Um, that's what fans are paying to see. And as soon as the game gets gummed up or it gets, you know, the trap gets involved, it may be effective or the, or the lack of trapezoid means that the puck comes in, it comes right out. It's not good for the entertainment value of it. And, you know, I, I, I want that puck on, you know, Connor McDavid's stick. I want to see him flying around the ice. I want to see passes and, you, you go to an NHL game now and some of the, you know, the, the decision making that they have is so quick. And so they have to have option one, two and three because they get shut down so fast. Um, yeah, it's it's a I think it's a great product right now from the goal on out. But um, any any rule that they put in that kind of puts a premium on skill um, in my eyes is a good idea. OK, one last one for me. The Leafs called up Hill. Uh, Hill. The Beast. Hildeby. Hildeby. Hilde Beast. Dennis Hildeby. He's six foot seven, Ricky. If Glenn, if Glenn Healy if Glenn Healy climbed up on your shoulders, would you two be six foot seven? No, but we'd be twice as smart still. <laughs> twice as cheap, I'll bet. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is amazing, but it does um you know, it, it, it's it's funny going back to those old goalies. You know, Glennie was smaller than me even, and, you know, didn't have big equipment. And the man, he could read a play and he competed like none other. Um, a really effective player. And I just, 
I think that's one thing that never changes uh, across the league. You have to have a, a real commitment to to turning yourself inside out to making a save, whether you're down and out. You saw maybe that great, cool kind of reverse scorpion or whatever the hell they call it with Mike uh, Frick did the other day, you know? <laughs> Nobody teaches that. That That's something you like Dominic Hasek, all great players. You want to save the puck, and if you happen to be facing the wrong way because someone bumped into you or you made a save, you don't give up on it. And that sometimes is is the difference between a win and a loss or a Hall of Fame or an average guy. Feels climbed on your shoulders. You'd be six, seven underground. <laughs> <laughs> and pink, very pink. <laughs> Ricky, great stuff, man. Thanks for doing this. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I can't wait to read your article, Kipper. This is great stuff. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Okay. Great show. Mike thanks, Richter. Mike. Appreciate it. Stanley Cup champion. That was great. What a thoughtful guy. Do you notice it got dark behind him over the He's course of the He's got to come out of his shell a little yeah. bit. i got to get him <laughs> very, to talk more. Very comfortable. Haunted my dreams as a kid at the World Cup. Yeah. Absolutely stole it from Canada. He was yeah, unbelievable. It, it was. What, was that 96? Yeah, 96. Unbelievable. Wow. There weren't many people. He's the nicest guy ever. The nicest guy ever. There weren't many people I cursed out more as a child than that man. His save percentage was like five percentage points higher, .05, in the playoffs, 76 game. Once again, our thanks to Mike Richter. Hey, it keeps getting better here in the second hour. Just after the break, Craig Berube, former NHLer, and also a teammate of mine. Really? Once upon a time. Yeah, but Hershey. Oh, we're in Hershey together. Oh, God. Good thing they didn't have cameras on those games. Wow, did we have a tough lineup <laughs> back yeah. then? Can't wait to get into it with Craig Berube after the break. All right, don't go away. We're back after this.